Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Buckle up, because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a wild ride. No one cares, but we're going to tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm Katie. I'm McKay. And today we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be counting down our top five favorite movies of all time, going back and forth from five to four to three to two to one. Whoop! Oh, my computer just got unplugged. <laughs> Tragic, this is already off to a rough start. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're back, baby. We just want to do this mostly because we felt like doing this. Yeah. And it'll also help you guys get to know us maybe a little bit better. Of, like, what we look for in movies, what kind of movies we like. Yeah. And because a lot of our favorites are ones that we probably wouldn't do individual episodes on. Because, granted, the majority of them, I think, are not old films, but older. Like, with yeah. the, like the 2010s or so. That now it might yeah. not be as relevant to do an also, entire episode on, but we still want to chat about. Yeah. Also, keep your opinions to yourself, okay? These are just our personal faves. Um... Well, I'm going to get the people going with my first one, with five. Okay. Or I'll get certain people very upset. That's <laughs> so okay. Ready. What is your first, your fifth favorite movie of all time? Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Okay. Which is episode eight. That's so I know you recently watched that one. That's the number two in the new trilogy. Yes. What the hell? Okay. Explain <laughs> yourself. You didn't like it, did you? Well... I mean, I would have gone with one or three. Really? I'm surprised you're going with two, but okay. Well, I I'm. I really enjoyed two a lot. I enjoyed it a lot because a lot of the dynamic of the film is Kylo and Rey. Okay, yeah. So uh, they're my two favorite characters right. from the Okay, franchise. then that makes sense. So yeah, it makes sense then for that one. I liked people's argument that it didn't feel like a typical Star Wars movie, I think is why I like it out of all of them I mean granted I'm a huge Star Wars fan and I love all of the movies Mm. but 8 is probably at least right now if I had to say my favorite Mm. but it does change as like time passes and everything and see how like different things age and different storylines age Um, but I felt like there were a lot of really great scenes Snoke's throne room scene when Rey and Kylo fight together that was such an epic moment. I thought that is one of the best fighting sequences yeah. in Star Wars. Uh, I loved when Holdo drives like straight through mm. and the entire theater just goes quiet when she takes on the First Order. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a great scene. Lots of great characters. Was that Laura Dern? Yes. Oh. I mean, Laura Dern can do Queen. Lilas. And then... I think the whole Luke Skywalker aspect of it all, I think that's a point of contention hate. that a lot of people don't like. You hate? I thought he was a jerk, but... See, so I kind of like that he had that more human side to him and that he kind of want, was like abandoning his Jedi roots. A lot of people were upset about that because it was like, this is our hero and this is not the hero that we've come to expect. Very good. But I liked that because it showed, you know, that hero, that even heroes have different sides to them and that they're just human too mm. so I really enjoyed it so okay. yeah overall love it 
Love Kylo Ren. What about your number five? My number five is uh, also franchise. People, just calm down. Okay, it's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Reason being, um, I just... It's one of those movies that I just, like, pop in the DVD player and have on in the background. It's kind of, like, my go-to hangover movie. Um, I love that. When I'm, you know, like, expecting to maybe nap several times throughout the film, but also, like, wake up and be entertained and take my mind off of not feeling well. Um, It's also my go-to sick movie, but I am hungover more often than I am sick. So, (laughs) obviously, all the fave main characters are back in action, And the majority of the film is them, like, battling Voldemort and the bad guys at Hogwarts. A scene I really like is when they're running through the courtyard. Um, They're trying to get somewhere. They're trying to go... I forget exactly what they're doing, but the three characters, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, are running through a courtyard trying to get somewhere. And they're kind of, like, encountering all these magical creatures or things that they have encountered like throughout all the other films and I felt like it was a director's choice like paying homage to how far they've come and it's a really emotional part for me seeing them you know run away from like these giant spiders that they interacted with in the second film when they were just little babies and um the Dementors flying at them from the third movie the giants from the fifth movie like werewolf from the third movie it's just it's just emotional you know and I think with any ending of a franchise it's like hard not to be like they've come so far even in like when Fifty Shades of Grey ended and like the third movie of that and it's just like you're on the line you're on the night like it's just like they've come so far you know even though that story is absolute garbage and like (laughs) even like Twilight you know it's just like they've come so far you Mm -hmm. know I'm just kind of a sucker for that type of thing and Harry Potter was a huge part of my childhood Mm -hmm. so what's your number four number four is Miracle Oh, yeah. Good one. Absolutely love that one. It's about the 1980 Olympic hockey team, U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, directed by Gavin O'Connor. And it's basically, if you don't know what it's about, it's just about this hockey team and focusing on their coach, Herb Brooks, and how he kind of turned this group of, like, 20-something, like, really young hockey players who didn't get along into this gold-winning Olympic team. Yeah. And... It's just a good feel-good movie. It's one that I want to watch when I don't really want to, like, be sad or, like, think about anything really in the real world. I also feel so much, like, pride watching this that I'm like, why can't this be happening now? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we need in these times, and we do not have this. I mean, we did with the women's soccer team. Yeah. Proud to be an American. Yeah. So it's it's just inspiring the editing in the hockey sequences are really really impressive too like the sound editing of it all because they had to go back in and post obviously and do that all like every drop of the puck every slap of the hockey stick and i just think that is so incredible and those people like the tediousness of that those people deserve a big round of applause um also the fact that they had to choose when they were making this film like do we either hire actors and teach them to play hockey at the level we need to or do we hire hockey players and teach them to act at the level we need to right and never once am i watching this and being like this is trash acting and you can tell that these are just random 
hockey players that they just picked out from colleges somewhere. The caliber of acting is really great, knowing that this is a lot of their first times ever on film. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also really impressive and a nod to them, like the director, yeah. too. And obviously casting everyone behind those decisions. The again scene. Yeah. Again. Then in the again scene when Mike Ruzioni speaks up and he's like, Mike Ruzioni. And Herb is like, who do you play for? The United States of America. It's just like, uh, I have just chills watching that scene. Yeah. And the countdown to the end. The, his great moment speech before they go out on the ice. I think is one of Kurt Russell's shining moments in his career. Yeah, what a dad. My number four is Moonlight, directed by Barry Jenkins. Y'all remember when Jimmy Kimmel was hosting and there was a little mistake and La La Land was read off as the winner and then there was a little switcheroo and it ended up being Moonlight. Great moment in award show history, Mm -hmm. if you ask me. Um, basically the film is about a man named Chiron and it follows him from when he's a young child. There's, the film is broken up into three parts. One is following him as a young child and then the second part is when he's a teenager and the last part is when he's an adult. He's a black gay man growing up in the projects and it's really just about what life is like for somebody who is struggling with that and living in America. His mom is addicted to drugs. Janelle Monet is in the film too. I really love her. <coughs> what a queen. Yeah, so but then it turns out that um Juan is Chiron's mother's drug dealer, so it's just this like whole messed up situation and it just shows the lack of opportunity for for somebody growing up this way. Chiron, spoiler alert, obviously, Chiron ends up, when he grows up, he ends up selling drugs, so it's just like this vicious cycle. The reason why I love the film is it's just really beautiful. It's a really well done, well shot film. Mm -hmm. And I just like films that open me up to things that I don't always think about. There's no way for me to understand because of my privilege. There's no way for me to fully understand, but it does make me feel I don't know it's just it's good to be exposed to that kind of thing and open yourself up to learning about other people other cultures uh, you know other situations that you may not be exposed to that often and also the way the color blue works in the film I'm not going to go too much into that but the film is very blue and the color blue is really significant and I just like that little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just like that little tidbit and like being able to see that and see how it works in the film. That's all. What's your number three? That's a great one. <clears throat> My number three is The Spectacular Now mm. by James Ponsalt, or directed by James Ponsalt. And it is based off of a novel by Tim Tharp by the same name from 2008. I don't even know where to start with this movie. It's just, it's so classic. I feel like it has such a transcendent feel to it. It doesn't feel super stuck in the 2010s. They try not to use a lot of like computer or cell phones in it because they purposely didn't want to date it. They wanted it to kind of be like a John Hughes-esque film mm. and I think it accomplished that. Yeah, But it's about this high schooler named Sutter who's just this 
kind of party animal. He's just always chasing a good time. He's not really interested in growing up, even though he's a senior in high school and is getting ready to graduate and needs to move on and get started in his life. And he meets then, he wakes up one morning on the lawn of this girl, Amy, her, the middle of her lawn, after losing his car of a night of drinking, and they just start connecting, and it's just a really beautiful, like, teenage love story, but besides that, it's so much more about, like, Sutter's development and kind of seeing the pressure that teenagers are put under to make these big adult life decisions when not even like adults can (laughs) handle oftentimes like life circumstances Um, it's also shot on actual film which I think is really cool because it gives a interesting look to the entire film it's just there are a lot of long shot lengths I think there's one shot that literally lasts for five or six minutes and it's one continuous take of a conversation that Sutter and Amy are having as they're walking down through this forest-ish area. Mm. And it's just really beautiful and also such a testament to Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley in these roles that they make them so believable and give them such an authentic edge and that they are able to just kind of roll with the punches as the camera rolls. Yeah. They never really get thrown off by anything. It's just such realistic settings and characters and situations it's not something super outlandish like a lot of teenage movies seem to have yeah it is just pretty realistic yeah i feel like it's really underrated it is um, just really beautiful and it's always definitely it outshined by um the fault in our stars i agree and I think part of it, too, being, like, that Shailene was in both of those. And she kills it in both, but right. this one's just much more simplistic. And it makes me feel so happy watching it, but also, like, almost so empty at the same time, which I really enjoy. Yeah. I think it's just seeing a character like Sutter that I feel like I can, that I found, like, more relatable than Amy. And maybe how his storyline kind of waxes and wanes through it gives me all those mixed emotions yeah and it has a lot of great quotes too so just a really beautiful film if you haven't seen it i would definitely recommend it because it while it's a teen movie about it's about teenagers obviously the actors were both somewhat in their teens at this time i don't really think it's for teens as much Mm -hmm. and i I definitely didn't get it when i watched it as a teenager yeah because it's not I don't know. It's just not the typical teen film. And also, I think the teen genre, when this came out, was so saturated with Twilight and Harry Potter and Hunger Games. And not that there's anything wrong with any of those. I just think they lacked reality. Yeah. That this really gives. And it gives teenagers, like, a chance to see more of, like, a real life reflected. For sure. So. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. I just love it. Really good. That was your number three, right? Yeah. Okay. What's your number three? My number three is The Grinch, directed by Ron Howard. It's the live-action version. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Grinch. That is my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, uh, same. Yeah, so I'm not talking about the cartoon. I'm talking about the live-action version with Jim Carrey. I feel like people either love or hate this movie. Um, I know a lot of people who don't really like it. There's some people who are indifferent about it, I guess. 
but my family is on the extreme end okay mm-hmm. we are a grinch family we talk about the film year round okay we <laughs> quote it constantly we like do. any situation that we can incorporate a grinch quote or a line from the grinch you know we do it it's just the most quotable movie it's literally it why is. I have the sense of humor that I have, I feel like. <laughs> because it's just been such an instrumental part of, like, my funny bone, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, obviously, it's, like, Christmas nostalgia. It definitely just makes me think about, like, being out sledding all day as a kid and then coming inside yeah. and having some eggnog and cookies, watching The Grinch in our living room and stuff. I also just respect, like, taking a a book or like a really short cartoon and extending it in the way that Ron Howard does. I also mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan to be quite honest. Um but in this role he doesn't really come off as Jim Carrey to me. He completely takes on this like new form of in this character. It's, it's unbelievable. Insane. I don't think anyone else could have played him. No, yeah, he does a he does a really good job and he had to wear all that makeup and I heard that that was really hard for him to do. They brought in a person who like specialized in like torture or something and like helped him like get through it because it was so hard he had to have those like yellow contacts in and like eye makeup all around yeah and he still pulled it off and did a really good performance in my opinion so it's just comedy gold honestly it it is so funny and the self-awareness in it too like that scene where the Grinch is impersonating Ron Howard yes Oh, that is gold. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, cut, check the break, move it on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you reject your own nose because it represents <laughs> commercialism. Oh Why did I think of that? <laughs> and I love when he's ma- checking his schedule and he's like, it's clock, <laughs> death exercise. If I have dinner with myself, I simply cannot cancel that again. <laughs> Solve world's hunger, tell no one. <laughs> Oh, it's the best. God. It just makes me happy every time I watch it. I'm I'm a laughing fit every time by the end. Martha May Huvier. (laughs) Betty. Hi. (laughs) This is this antique darling. It's handcrafted. You know what? You know what I thought of this year when I saw that? scene with her like dressed up as in her little Santa outfit I was like that literally looks like James Charles <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it does uh, can't you just picture me being like sisters <laughs> hi <laughs> I'm uh, so excited to tell you guys about this new handcrafted Oh, shut up, James. <laughs> we get it. You're rich. Oh, shoot. Okay, what's your number two? Oh, let me flip my page over real quick. I was still thinking about The Grinch. <laughs> no, I just... I, it's past Christmas, but I want to go back and watch it again. Yes. just makes me so happy. Ah, who... All right. My number... Yeah, when he's sitting there singing in the line, and they're all singing the right words, and he's just like, ah, oh, ah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, and when he sees his parents, you're still alive. <laughs> Are you two still living? <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> All right. Well, switching gears from an upbeat, fun, kooky movie to my number two, 
which is A Star is Born, the 2018 remake. Tell so me some... Sorry. Nope. <laughs> no, you, you hit it, Katie. You want to hit it? You just hit it, girl. So this film I knew absolutely nothing about. I did not know when it first came out that there were three others beforehand. So I was not spoiled going into this movie. And I wish I would have been so I could have prepared myself <laughs> for the tragedy that is this film. <laughs> But it is <laughs> beautiful. If you have not seen it, there are four other. Um, there are three other. This was the fourth remake. There was one in 1937, 1954, 1976. And then this most recent one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I will go see literally anything with Bradley Cooper in it because he is one of my favorite actors. So that was the reason why I went to this in the first place. And mm-hmm. because I love Lady Gaga. So I'm like, how could you go wrong? It looked good from the trailers. Did not realize how much it would affect me emotionally. But if you haven't seen it yet, like Katie hasn't. Okay, I haven't physically seen it, but low-key, I feel like I have seen it. You still need to watch it. I know, literally, I could tell you any plot point. I could tell you what happens from point A to point B. I've also seen it on a plane on another person's seat. (laughs) That's not the same. (laughs) So, anyways, it is about Jackson Maine, who is a famous musician, but he's struggling with some pretty heavy substance abuse issues when he meets Allie, who is played by Lady Gaga, and he discovers her at a drag club or a drag bar, <coughs> and he helps bring her out of her shell and into the spotlight, and they fall in love and they get married. But his substance abuse issues, coupled with then her like rising fame create a lot of issues for the two of them and it just shows the like tragedy and like the demons that follow with substance abuse and how that manifests itself in relationships when you see a person who's trying so hard to be sober for the people that they love but Mm -hmm. they just can't manage to do it and you see that struggle so I just I naturally gravitate towards movies with more like broken flawed characters and that's yeah. what this entire movie is consisting of. Mm. Um really honest portrayals. The music is obviously incredible. Mm. That album was in some of a lot of those songs were in my Spotify 2018 wrapped uh-huh. <laughs> playlist. Um I only know the one. Shallow. Is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the back view of the stages. Those shots, I think those are really cool because they, they played these huge festivals. So if they wanted to, they could have... Pant- Bradley Cooper directed it also. He got robbed. Just saying. Got robbed for that Oscar director now. But a lot of the shots, they had these huge crowds. So they could have panned back and showed the stage from like an audience perspective. But that wasn't the story that they wanted to show. So mm. they always showed it from like a backstage perspective and shooting from like the back of the stage front. So you would see like them performing and the crowd all in one shot. So it's just really cool because it's not something that is done typically. So it like puts you in like their perspective rather than the audience. What? Does it put you in their perspective rather than the audience? Yes, but you're also, I mean, kind of, but you're more seeing, like, shots of them performing. But, like, if you're back by the drummer and not from, like, the pits, if that makes sense. So there there is some good comedic relief in it with the drag queens in it. They're awesome. Um, Yeah, the ending is just... Uh, it's so heartbreaking 
yeah it's really devastating just seeing that in theaters just like every time i watch it it's just so hard and lady gaga's final performance singing is incredible the emotion is so palpable on both of them and also the fact that they're live singing in the movie i think is something to be noted because this came out in the same year as bohemian rhapsody and while i love that film there was no live singing in that yeah so i think more credit should be given to bradley cooper and lady gaga for singing live in the film and not yeah. being dubbed over by a track so i just think that's really impressive and just like the just the over i mean it's a sad message but like the overall message of being like love can't fix people mm. i think is really powerful and something that some people you know maybe they need to realize in their lives or I don't know. I don't know. Tragic. It's it's a really sad movie, but it's just so well done. And the characters are just so broken. And you can't help but root for them. And uh, it's mm-hmm. just lovely. I just absolutely love it. Also, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's connection. Oh, that's so wild. Literally, when I saw them performing live together, was that the Oscars? Yeah, sure. I was like, "That's adultery." I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, they're cheating. Yeah, you know, because I was like, they're in love with each they other. Look so in love. And then she's like, "That's what we wanted you to think." And I was like, "Mm-hmm." I wish they were. You together. can't fake that. No, and that's the thing too. This movie does not have a huge cast to it, so they their connection needs to carry this film. You need to buy into them in order to believe this whole story, and they by far accomplished that because they had people thinking that they were me included they had people thinking that they were in love she she definitely has like loving feelings for him because just the way she was looking at him while he was like talking on stage i was like girly you are in deep honey you and me both lady gaga (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh really well done yeah really well done you'll have to watch it sometime even though I know you know what happens, but you just need to see it to Yeah, I will. I will. Maybe one of my hangover days I'll take take on that one. Or if you feel like you're sad, just watch it. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, number two. Did, was you? that your number two? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, we're moving through these. We're flying through these. Okay. My number two is Beasts of the Southern Wild, directed by Ben Zaitlin. Um, this is a not super well known film, I don't think. I don't think I you've don't seen know it. it. Nope. Yeah. Um I just really love it. It's a story about a father and a daughter. Um, the daughter is I wanna say like six or seven. She's really little. The actress who plays her, Quavenjane Wallace, is incredible. I don't know how a young child can carry an entire film on her back, but she does. Um it's crazy. It's about a community, like a bayou community, that call themselves the bathtub, and they're affected by melting ice caps that release wild beasts, and those are the beasts of the southern wild. Um, and Wink, the father, played by Dwight Henry, he tries to, like, teach his daughter survival skills, and he's not a very, like, loving, affectionate parent. Um, but basically, this community is facing, it never, like, directly says it, but they're facing the adverse effects of climate change. Um, so there's when was this, this made? Um, I want to say in like 2013, 2012. Okay. I could be wrong about that. I was just curious if it was when, you know, like 
more people are starting to pay attention to climate change. Oh yeah, it definitely was. I think it's definitely making a commentary about climate change and then the people who are who experience the effects of climate change and oftentimes those people play less of a hand in causing the issue in the first place. So it's just really a crappy situation. And it does a good job of um commentating on that issue without being super preachy or being too on the nose. The music is really cool in the film. Um, ben Zietlin also composed mm. the movie, which is interesting. And that's impressive. I don't think that's something seen very often. No. Um, so I really like the music. And any film that, or any art, honestly, that can like address the issue of climate change and say something that hasn't already been said and still be like effective I just really appreciate it's so hard to to talk about the issue of climate change and reach people who maybe are less um, willing to listen and fully take on the issue and address it so any art form that tackles that I appreciate Yeah, I definitely recommend that you guys all watch Beast of the Southern Wild. It's a great film. So before we get to number one, <laughs> yep. should we chat about a few of our other films that almost made our list but didn't quite make it? Yeah. What are some of yours? Some of my honorable mentions are Lady Bird. Love. Um, Greta Gerwig's movie. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Love. Us. Get Love. Out. The Sound of Music, Pulp Fiction, Call Me By Your Name. Mine would be, let's knock out my other two franchises, Furious 7. I'm a big Fast and Furious franchise fan. I love. And 7's my fave out of them all. Then Catching Fire out of the Hunger Games franchise is my fave. Mm. That was, that's like, was my Harry Potter. That was like my, For sure. my big childhood series. And also, I love Bridesmaids. Just a good oh, funny movie. That's like that my one. hangover movie. Yeah. I just always put that one on. Because, again, I've seen it so many times. If I fall asleep, it's fine. I know I'm not missing anything that I haven't already seen a bunch. Um, Black Klansman. I had forgotten how much I freaking loved that movie. And then I recently rewatched it. And, uh, so good. It's Spike a really Lee good movie. was right to be outraged last year when he did not win <laughs> Best Film. Mm-hmm. Um... Avatar. I'm very excited for the next like four or five that they have planned out to come out. I think that's a really great one. And then also Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. I just feel very empowered watching it. Those are all great. Who's going first? You. Okay. I did the drum roll. Oh, okay. Thank you. My number one is Silver Linings Playbook. Wow. That was the most <laughs> unenthused Woo! audience reaction ever. Wow. <laughs> so <Sorry>. I think <laughs> it's fitting to also note that this movie did come out on my birthday, November 16th, 2012. I was not born in 2012, but it did come out on the same day. <laughs> and I just feel hell, like it was <laughs> I just feel like it was always meant to be. Um, so it's also adapted from a novel written by the same name or by the same name by Matthew Quick, but it is directed by David O. Russell. 
It was nominated for eight Oscars, including J Wa J Wa <laughs> J. I tried to combine J Wow and Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my okay. god. Okay, including Jennifer Lawrence's win for Best Actress, and Bradley Cooper was robbed for Best Actor. I'm still not over it. He should have gotten his Oscar for that. Anyways, if you haven't seen it, it's about this man who is struggling with bipolar and who was recently released from a psychiatric hospital after almost beating the man his wife was cheating on him with, almost to death, but you know, small things. And while he's still dealing with his bipolar disorder, he moves back in with his parents, uh, Pat and Dolores, and he tries to get his wife back on, he tries to get his wife back and his life back on track, but then he meets Tiffany and they enter this dance competition together and then he comes to terms with his past and his future living with bipolar disorder and it's just a really beautiful film I think that it could not have been cast better Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper in their roles respectively are absolutely incredible really raw I I personally think they're two best performances at least to date of their career it, for sure Bradley Cooper's this is my favorite film of his yeah, it just shows same. two dysfunctional realistic raw characters who are trying to find peace within each other and with themselves and they find that with each other and it just shows the difficulties that mental health can take within personal relationships between like father son brothers romantic relationships I just, I love seeing films that present mental illness in a realistic way and in a respectful way and don't try to sugarcoat it and don't try to play into tropes that I think it often falls into with other films or even like TV shows in certain ways that I really respect David O. Russell's take on it and it's very honest so I really appreciate watching that the doctor scene where Bradley Cooper like flips out in his therapist's lobby and is knocking racks over and then when he realizes what he's done and the remorse that you see on his face you just see how hard he is trying to fight his instincts and what he feels he needs to do in his head at the time yeah. and then he sees the destruction that he causes and oh, oh, it's yeah. just heartbreaking that scene is rough and it's just, uh, watching that, it makes me so upset on so He does a levels. really good job, though, capturing that. Yeah. In the diner scene, too, when him and, when Pat and Tiffany are having their first quote-unquote date, and he orders Raisin Bran, and she just orders tea, <laughs> and they're getting into, like, this little tiff going back and forth, and then when she says, screw you, and, like, <laughs> throws all the dishes off the table and storms yeah. out the diner and then goes up to him in the window and just flips him the bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, it's just, it's got a lot of humor in it for being such a, not a serious film, but more on the dramatic, serious side. It has its humorous moments. The dancing at the end is obviously super humorous as well. Yeah. And yeah, it both like warms my heart at the same time as also like tugging on my heartstrings. Yeah. And uh, I just think if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it. Okay, well, listen Anyways. here, people. <laughs> Katie, you're number one. Hit them with it. I can't because <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal. Okay, my 
my number one we recorded this episode originally like in november okay i think that's why we're flying through this so quickly because we already s- like said all of our stuff that original time and now yeah. we record re-recording is throwing us off a bit yeah um, the audio was trash the audio was bad so we're re-recording it which is fine um but at the time my favorite movie that i had down was it's a wonderful life directed by frank capra um y'all know it george bailey and mary you know but i don't know okay so that was in november and then christmas rolled around and my family was like it's a wonderful life like we should watch it and i was like ah i don't want to and we that did shouldn't be your <laughs> yeah and one. i was like wait a second that's supposed to be my favorite movie katie why don't you want to watch that and i was like i think it's just like really it does kind of make me sad for some reason life man it's just so crazy i like it we ended up watching it and you know it's a heartwarming film And when I was younger, I was always just like, I wish everybody could just watch this movie and then there would be no more, like, wars or people would just, like, appreciate everything they have. Like, if we could all just watch this movie, everything would be fine. Um, I don't know, though. Just the fact that I wasn't super willing to watch it this season, which just leads me to think that it's not necessarily my favorite movie. And choosing my favorite movie, it's just, like, a lot of pressure, you know? I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. And I think it also goes through phases, like, right now, since we just saw, like, Bombshell and Little Women, like, those are up there with my favorite movies right now. But that's, like, right now, you Mm -hmm. know? And I also really love some, like, stupid movies, but I love them because they're just, like, fun to watch, you Mm -hmm. know? Like we've said before, I'm more of the TV resident of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Kayla's more the movie thing. Movies are more, like, important to her, whereas movies to me are kind of just, like sometimes a big deal but other times i watch them just to like have a break or enjoy enjoy myself um so i don't know i really like freaky friday with Lindsay lohan and jamie lee curtis what a movie what a gold star yeah that's like up there with my favorite movies even though obviously it's like silly but i i'm happy when i watch it you know it's it's a good movie um the lizzie mcguire movie again just like a goddamn good film okay (laughs) all i'm trying to say is like it's really hard to narrow it down to one movie um and i think it changes see i didn't have that problem with my first four because those four are like set in stone or at least the first before star is born came out because then that bumped its way onto my list but those are like so you're like one through four yeah those are like easy for me because silver lines has always been my favorite and so on and so forth but five that was my hardest one to do because i feel like that one fluctuates the most like right now i am and again the like star wars bubble because of rise of skywalker just came out Mm. but you know once it takes like a three-year break and fast and furious nine is back out then maybe like that would get bumped up yeah or like who knows i feel like that one switches more like how you said your favorite one switches more it's a wonderful life could be my favorite movie it's just not right now i'm it's winter time. I'm just kind of feeling down. <laughs> you don't want to be brought down even further. Yeah, even though it's supposed to be like an uplifting movie, it is kind of like just like a little depressing. Especially if you yeah. walk it and watch it in black and white. I feel like black and white movies are always just kind of like, eh, you know, they're darker. Yeah, they are. Eh, that's all I gotta say. Sorry, I couldn't figure out one movie. We forgive you. Freaky Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, she's the man. 
Oh my god, she's the man with Amanda so Bynes. <laughs> I feel like that is one of, that and John Tucker must die are yep. like two of my fave classics from when we were like teenagers. Yeah, I love those. Sydney White. I forgot about Sydney White. Good oh, one. That's a good one too. Amanda Bynes. The nerd in oh. Sydney White is like he kind of looks like Kylo Ren. What? The top nerd in Sydney White. I'm looking this up right now because H- he's sneezy because he has allergies. Are you trying to make fun of me right now? No, I'm just saying they look alike. Sydney. Whatever you draw from that is your own issue. <laughs> Sydney White cast. Hold on. I'm looking this up right now because if you were trying to comment, Adam Driver. Sydney White is like basically a plant Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and one of the guys is sneezy. I think he looks like Kylo Okay, Ren. actually, he kind of does. Thank okay, you. I'll give you that, except Adam Driver is way hotter. But I will give you that. The fact that you use Adam Driver and hot in the same sentence, I can't. I'm sorry. That's just an opinion. It's wrong. Okay. It's a wrong opinion. Interesting. We will never, I will never get any of my friends to agree on my love for Adam Driver, and I'm just going to have to accept that. That's At least fine. we're never going to have, like an issue over a guy you know <laughs> living in my own world High School Musical is also one of my favorite movies which one? one two or three honestly three has the best music agreed two get out what? One, two I could take or leave you know I wouldn't be sad if it wasn't a film except for bet on it okay. it should have just been bet on it and that's it <laughs> Just release that. Yeah. Bet on it or scream? Bet on it. The music in three is probably my favorite. And the first one's obviously just like nostalgic and good. I would actually put the first one second. I would do two as number one. I think that one's real good. Interesting. It's very. I think because it's in the middle, it kind of gets lost a lot. But I would put three as my third. Even though the music's the best, it's probably my I don't know. You know what I really want to see? A Cheetah Girls reboot. Oh my god. Bring the sisters back together. There's no way Raven Simone would do that. I actually think she would be on board. What else does she have going on? Oh, true. She's doing Raven's Home. Yeah. I think she would be on board. I think it would be getting like Adrian on because what? She's on like the view. She's on one of those talk shows. Mm. Where are the other two at? I don't know. Aqua and what's her name? Dorinda. Sorry, Dorinda. <laughs> they were my two faves anyways. But Do you like Cheetah Girls 1 or Cheetah Girls 2 better? 2 by far. Agreed. 3 isn't even in the running. No, I do not care about 3 at all. That one can be thrown out. Is that when they're in India? Yeah. Okay. It's just not the same without Raven. No. And also, and also Dorinda top- like not having a guy. They're just like, she's alone. Yeah. Rude. You just can't top Barcelona after like that no. entire movie was so iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Buchanan, you wanted me to be in a Glee club. You'll be like, you can sit. In I don't think I ever asked quiet. you to be in the Glee club. Sorry, our podcasts have been taking like deviations at the end. Or like in the middle. <laughs> Me too. If you guys Cheaper want high school musical. One or two. What? Cheaper by the dozen one or two. Cheaper by the dozen one. I'd go with two. Is that when they're at the cabin? Yeah. Hmm. 
Those are both. I like them both. Mm-hmm. What about um yours, mine, and ours? <laughs> I love that. That was with movie. like eighteen kids. Yeah. Damn. Drake Bell was in that. Oh what yeah. What was he doing? Same with uh Kay Panna Baker. Yeah. Well, that's a Disney Channel kid. Or no, <gasps> she was Nick. What's that one movie that we watched with Kay Panna Baker? Time Warp? Is that what it's called? Time Lapse? Time Warp? <gasps> oh my god, what is that called? I think it's called Time Lapse. <laughs> I'm giving it a go. That's googs. my favorite movie. <laughs> Dude, wait. We need to watch that again. Do you think it's on something? I completely forgot about that movie. I don't know, but it's really good, guys. You should watch it. It's with Kay Panna Baker in like an adult Time role. Lapse. Time yep. Lapse. Okay. Ooh, it's so good. Is it on anything? How can I view this film? Oh, it's on Amazon Prime for 99 cents. What the hell? Okay, honestly, it's worth it, though. It's a good movie. It is really good. I completely forgot about that. I, it completely blew my mind. It's about, like, uh-huh. these peop- these three people, and they're, like, getting pictures taken of them, and the pictures are, like, telling them what tomorrow is, what's going to happen tomorrow, so they, they basically have, like, a raven Simone superpower where they get to, like, know what's going to happen, and then they base their day around it, and there's, like, a twist ending, and it's so good. Uh, we should rewatch that. Yeah. We stand, stand together. together. Oh, we're done. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did you want to keep? Go- did you want to keep singing? No, that's okay. We should probably wrap it up. If you've made it to here, once again, we thank you. Bye, last. Tell your friends about popcorn chats, and follow us on Spotify and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts if you can. Yeah. Hope you have a good week. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Lilas. Lilas. Bye-bye. Bye.